you'll hear this story and you'll also be gaining knowledge when you listen to it on how to do these things. I realized that like my concern was really just what people were going to think of my decision and oh my god she's crazy what is she doing she's not you know she's supposed to be pursuing a career this is when she's supposed to be finding a job and I that doesn't appeal to me that never appealed to me. Play a major role in spreading the love and the joy and uh, reducing our imprint you know for for future generations and for all that we share this planet with. I was just embarrassed. I felt like I couldn't do it, like I had already failed. I had no idea what I was doing. What did I get myself into? What was I thinking? Our history of humanity really revolves around great people. And that's, that's all we know about. And why is that? Because the insignificant people weren't important enough that somebody would take the time to document their life. Hello everyone, welcome to the podcast. My name is Kaylin Otto and you are listening to The Unruly Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here this week and it is a long show, but I promise you that it is jam-packed with tips for literally walking out your door and starting your travels on an extreme budget and it is also full of adventure stories that you just wouldn't believe if I told you them, you know, very shortly. You have to listen to the details to be like, oh, that's how it happened because they are that out there. They're raw, they're straight from my heart, they're real, and they're definitely unruly. So enjoy this podcast episode that my partner Tim and I recorded as we finished driving across the U.S. on our two-month trip. And remember that the art of unruly travel on a budget my budget travel guide that I created out of all these stories that you've been listening to in this four-part series is coming out soon. It will be an ebook, and it'll be a hard. There will be a hard cap copy that you can hold in your hands. So go to unrulytravel.com, sign up for my newsletter so I can let you know when it's out. And if you are so excited that you just can't wait, email me at hellounrulytravel at gmail.com, and I will make sure that you are one of the first people to like, I will personally send you a message when it is out. So thank you so much for listening. Let's get into the story. So I was just dropped off in a parking lot and I was like, well, this was unexpected. I don't know what I'm gonna do for the night because it had already been like partly into the day. I don't know what time it was, but it wasn't early in the day anymore, and I didn't know where I was, and I remember thinking, you know what, Kaylin, just chill. Just walk into the grocery store, and I seriously, people talk about this happening to them, and I haven't had many moments like this, but I honestly did have a moment where it's like I heard a voice saying, if you just walk into the grocery store, it'll all be fine. I feel like I seriously had a someone's other voice in my head saying that and I can't explain it because that's maybe one of the only times it's ever happened in my life but I went to walk into the grocery store before I even made it in I put my bike on the thing I'm about to walk through the doors and this person who was probably in their mid-20s at the time came out and said oh are you biking and I was like yeah and they're like what are you doing and we started talking and then their friends came out who they must have been with one person was wearing a suit that had 
gemstones connected to it some way and had a live parrot sitting on his shoulder. The other person looked like this like magical mystic person and the other one was the guy's brother that I was talking to and they looked really similar and they were all like maybe in their late 20s early 30s and so I started talking to all of them and they asked me they're like do you have a place to sleep tonight and I said that I didn't and the one person's like oh you can stay at my house but I have a really like I have a really steep hill in my driveway that makes it hard to get up to my house. My friend, Brother Tom, I saw him in the store. Let me see if you could stay with him. I was like, Brother Tom? Who's Brother Tom? So the person goes back in the store and comes back out with this guy who was in his 70s with a white beard, really kind face. I've shown you pictures of him before. Yes, and this is also going to have to be up in the write-up. Yeah, I will show the pictures. So, Brother Tom... Um, I feel like when you see B Brother Tom, you just know, you know. something, right? Yeah. You just know, like, yeah. this is the person that is going to take me somewhere that's going to be cool. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah. You just know, like, Brother Tom's going to, yes. And you look at Brother Tom and you trust him. Yes. Yeah. He's got a very trusting look, kind, loving just like genuinely yeah. sweet yeah I think you can you can read a lot from his face I would say yeah, yeah. Um, I have a couple pictures of him so I would definitely put both of them up somewhere related to this podcast where you can listen to it or look at it and you will see what we mean when you look at brother Tom's face because Tim could see all that just by looking at a picture of brother Tom and not even knowing the full story so brother Tom comes out so sweet was hardly asked me any question was like you can stay at my place I live really close to here and it might be easier for you so brother Tom had ridden his bike to the co-op hopped on his bike I followed him to his house he had one other roommate um, and they had an extra spare room with just a mattress on the ground that no one was staying in and they let me stay in there. I ended up staying with him for under a week, but maybe close to a week, at least like five days, maybe. And he turned into my adopted grandpa that I've always wanted and never really had. He was so sweet. We went and we would get salads together at the co-op. We talked about veganism. He like ate all vegan with me. I think he, I don't know if he's vegan or not, but it seems like he would be. He already loved veggies, and he was healthy. Um, he took me to this like woodworking shop that was owned by his friends that sometimes he went into and made things. He introduced me to people. He took me to an African dance class. Yes. Um, and just kind of threw me into it because he drummed at it. Okay. There was like probably like 20 live drummers there. And just threw me into the class, which was really awkward, but I loved watching everyone else dance. And my favorite thing was that he took me, we put both of our bikes into his car, we went into the Redwood Forest, um, we did the Avenue of the Giants, and then we biked together. That's awesome. And once again, he kicked my butt in the biking thing where I'm like, <gasps> and he's just zooming along, and it was beautiful. I have a couple pictures he took of me, and I took some pictures of him, and we just had the best day together. 
like under the magical redwoods and he's telling me all the stuff about his life I mean yeah he was in his 70s he had a lot of information and wisdom to share and for those that are looking for a good um, I don't know just like place to travel um, the the Humboldt State Park I believe that's what it's called is where the Avenue of the Giants are I think yep. it's I think it's the longest stretch of redwoods I want to say mm-hmm. um, I, I don't have anything in front of me so I'm just like I'm pretty sure we read that though from memory, but I believe it's the longest stretch of redwoods like possibly in the world um, and you can drive through the Avenue of the Giants and then also there's a, there's a multitude of hikes um, off the road and it's incredible. You could bike it too. Yeah, you can bike it as well. And it's at least when we went, there there weren't a ton of people there at all. Um, and it, it looks like if, if you're intimidated by biking up the road, that that looks like it would it would be a, a really pretty good safe. road to start. It's safe. Yeah. Um, it's flat. It, I remember it being relatively flat. Yeah, some parts are a little twisty, but most yeah. of it is. Um, Cars are going pretty slow. Yeah, I mean you're just and it's it, it is beautiful um so that's if you're if you're doing the redwoods that's that's a good one to do especially um, on a rainy day if you're not going to be hiking because we did that on a rainy day and it was beautiful yeah i think we just got out and walked around the visitors center like there's a few trails mm-hmm. um that we did but it yeah it's incredible so. yeah so imagine i got to bike through there with brother tom that like my magical. new, yeah, my <laughs> newfound grandpa. Um, and I remember on the way back, two things happened. One, he taught me, he told me all about hitchhiking back in the day. Of course. He was like a straight up hippie. Like straight from the 60s. Yes. Yeah. And he was telling me all the tips and tricks because at that point I hadn't hitchhiked in the U.S. I had when I was an exchange student a couple times. But I hadn't in the U.S. I'd been using rideshare, and he's like, "Oh, well, just in case like something doesn't line up, you're gonna need to know how to do this." Taught me how to do that. Was giving me tips. Was telling me about his hitchhiking stories. And then we stopped at a beach, and I wish I could remember the book that he brought. I can't remember what it was. It was like some folklore, I think. Okay. And we stopped at the beach and watched the suns go down while he read to me from his favorite book. Oh. Then we went back to his house, and he finished reading to me as I fell asleep. And I know that he, like, tucked me in and then walked out the door. Like, super cute. Yeah. Um, so the time with him was pretty amazing. That sounds pretty special. It was so special. He's like, I wish I could get in contact with him, but I can't find his email or number now on this phone. Um, if anyone knows brother from Tom from Arcata let me know because I'd love to find him because we used to text and send each other emails and pictures but then I lost his information um so eventually I just knew it was time to keep going although I loved it there I couldn't live there forever even though I felt like I could and I said goodbye to brother Tom I biked down to Eureka where you and I had to run in with the hotel and I was supposed to couch surf at this one house But it was really uncomfortable. It was just weird. I had a really weird vibe from the moment I went in. There was a ton of people running around in this house. And 
I'm all fine with nudity and everything. Um, but there was, like, grown kids, like, walking around naked, which was just a weird thing to walk into. Like, yeah. and it wasn't, like, a hippie situation. I don't know what it was. It, it didn't have that vibe, you know, like, peace, yeah. love, naked. Yeah. It was just weird. Um, I don't know. I remember a lot of grown kids walking around naked, and uh, the people were speaking in Spanish, but it, we were talking about some drug exchange that maybe went wrong. Pretty sure I saw a gun in the house, and I just had some really weird, bad vibes. Yeah. And I got up and left, but it was in the evening time, and I remember I called Brother Tom, because maybe... Arcade is like what 30 miles away and he immediately was like he told me that that Eureka wasn't the safest place so I already knew that it might be a little weird I don't know and he came and picked me up took me to his friend's house that lived in Eureka and I slept in the loft in the garage of his friend's house for the night then I got up I kept on biking and then I went to Ferndale and by the time I'm in Ferndale, I had this like grand idea. I'd always wanted to go to California. This is my first time in California on this trip. And I had some grand idea. I thought I might maybe move there. Yeah. That once I got there, my life would be changed. I would have had done this huge trip and everything would be different and I'd be the happiest person in the world. And I would have done all these things and then I would settle down and move to California, probably. Yeah. And just... I don't know why I had a breakdown that day. I'm biking from Eureka to Ferndale, going down the coast of California, and it was hot. I remember I was tired, and I was like, well, I reached California and nothing's changed. Like, I just woke up that day, wrong side of the bed, like, what am I doing with my life now? Because I'm here. And not everything has changed like I thought it would. And then my tire pops on my bike. And that was actually the first time, besides the huge accident, that something had happened. So I didn't really know how to change a tire. Probably had never changed a tire before. So I get out my book, and I'm on the side of the road. I remember, like, throwing stuff because I couldn't get it. And I remember some random older lady pulled up and handed me $5. <laughs> like, just rolled up in the car and was like, are you okay? And I'm, like, crying. I'm, like, throwing my bike tire down. And she said, maybe you should take the bus. And gave me a $5 bill and kept oh. driving. Which was very random, but, oh, and I was also out of money again at this point, like, completely out of money, so I had, like, $5. Yeah. (laughs) That was the $5 that I had, and so I finally fixed my bike tire, like, there's a hole in it, I remember I had to change it, and I had a spare one, and... I bike into Ferndale, and by the time I'm in Ferndale, this really small town, I stopped and asked someone if there was a campground or a place to park for free because the map didn't have one, I guess, at that time, and I couldn't find anything. It's such a small town. I couldn't find anything through couch surfing or warm showers, and it was looking like I didn't know where I was going to stay for the night. And I asked someone if there was a campground, and they told me that it was like $12 a night. And I had $5. And I remember crying as soon as they said that. Because I'm just like, where am I going to go? I remember thinking, this world is expensive. Yeah. Um, You know, even though it was a trip and I could have called my parents. Yeah. And 
whatever I could be home safe you know I didn't want to and I remember just crying because I was like I only have five dollars <laughs> that this random person just gave me so I'm <laughs> going down the sidewalk I get off my bike and I'm pushing it down the sidewalk all upset and I stop and I'm crying I'm like doing a hard cry because I'm just so frustrated I don't know what I'm doing again it's the middle of the day and then I call my mom and I'm crying on the phone I'm talking to my mom and then someone I realize in a car is wanting me to move from the spot I'm crying in and then I realize I'm in someone's driveway right next to this pizza shop and so I kind of hung up on my mom and the lady rolled down the window she goes are you okay sweetie and I remember, you know, sometimes people ask you if you're okay and you don't tell them. You're like, I'm fine. Just let me yeah. live my life. Yeah. But I was like, I'm not okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I just had, a, I was already in it. So it was hard to pretend like it yeah. wasn't, the breakdown wasn't happening. And she's like, oh, she was so sweet. Her name's Yvette. And at the time she was with her partner, Adrian. And she was so sweet. And she's like, honey, you could, they, you know, it was their house that I was standing yeah. in the driveway to. She invited me in. She sent me directly to take a shower, which I really needed and felt really good. They had a catering company, and she's a really good cook. I remember she made me lentils. So they got me food. They sat me down. We talked about my travels. And I almost immediately felt like they were, like, my second parents. And they were so sweet. And we ended up talking a bunch. And I felt so comfortable with them. And eventually they at, they told me I could just pitch a tent in their front yard. And I said, okay, that sounds awesome. Because I didn't know where I was going <laughs> to sleep tonight. And then, you know, we were still hanging out. And a little bit later they said, well, you can sleep inside. We just didn't want to sound creepy, like luring you into some random people's house. You know, we didn't want to scare you. But if you want, people know us around here. You can go ask. Like, go ask the pizza company. Go ask. It's a really small town. She was like, you can go ask. I promise we're not creepy. We just want to give you a place to stay. And I was like, no. They're like, I'm like, it was going to be kind of cold tonight, so I'm glad you asked me to stay inside. I'll definitely stay inside. And then things go on as they do, and I end up staying there for at least a week. And we go on drives together to find cows. We go to the beach we go exploring as like a little family and I end up working for them for their catering company at weddings they like get booked for weddings and I remember doing a wedding with them and then making things in the kitchen gardening so I made money there like a lot in a, in a week or whatever amount of time that was and it was just so magical in that little town I could ride my bike to the beach by myself which had this really dark soft uh moist sand mm -hmm. in the really wild coastline like you saw of california yeah, yeah ferndale is really cute yeah it's so cute yeah it, it seems they're really expensive to live there but yeah and um, it, it's funny like because you've told me this story before before and then we we went to ferndale mm -hmm. we were there on this trip that we're on now we, we were there Wow, it had to been probably a month ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, um, and, I'm sorry, someone just flashed their lights at me. It's okay. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's funny though because we we parked outside of outside of Yvette's house. Yeah. Um, so that you could just at least come go and say hi to Yvette because I mean, what when can you do that? You know? Yeah. Um, and I wanted to see the house again. Yeah, and we like parked outside and you know it's just like right off the street. I think there was like a brewery, maybe like a restaurant. I, I remember seeing people like drinking. That's the pizza place. Okay. And um, and then like on the sidewalk like right next to the house you're like and this is where i broke down and cried yeah. and then like and then yvette was just trying to get into her driveway yeah yeah um, and is, the people at the pizza company were staring at me yeah. like i had lost my mind i want to add yeah because like you said it's, the patio is right yeah, there like two like feet right away there that's funny um i could see just the little bit that i've you know, heard, like, Yvette's voice and, and also, like, you know, the text exchanges and stuff. And she left us, like, with this big goodie bag of, um, like, my back was hurting, so she'd have this, like, medicinal salve um, cause, uh, that she put in this goodie bag and, like, a ton of nutritional yeast and, um, like, a large, like, five-pound bag of quinoa. <laughs> And like all of these snacks and, and goodies, um, and uh, you could just tell that she's she's a very like nurturing spirit for sure. Yeah. Like that was like kind of the perfect person to stumble upon. She just like she seems to be very like loving and, and like uh, like almost like a healer of, of, of sorts. Yeah, she's um, very motherly, very healing, yeah. very strong, but. Uh, gentle presence. Yeah, so it seems like that however that happened, it just seems like you yeah. broke down in like the perfect moment of, yes. of, of having an emotional breakdown. Yeah. It was just like it was so perfect. Like not only was it outside of her house, but she was like literally trying to get like past you just to pull yeah. into her house. Like, uh, like uh, yeah. the odds of all the driveways. Yeah that I had already passed, that that was just the yeah. spot. And then the fact that that was so many, however many years ago, and that, you know, you're still in touch, and, and um, it seems like that's it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. It was a really special, magical time. I feel like there was a lot of just honesty and opening up about things, and you know when people come to your town it can make you realize what's there and explore it more because you're trying to show the other person like kind of eye-opening yeah so sure. i think that happened too because cool. i really wanted to see cows so yeah. we went all over trying to see cows and and now when i see cows that aren't on a sanctuary i'm sad and yeah. i'm upset and i'm angry but at that point i just hadn't seen that many farmed animals and i was vegan and i really wanted to see cows so we went they drove me all over the place trying to find some cows that were um not scared of humans that we could go up to i mean we spent hours trying to find a cow honestly there's a ton of cows out there but we would try to walk up to them and i mean i was on a mission and they really did it was just so much fun yeah and uh, it was just so cool like working with their catering company too i would do all the vegetarian stuff and I met a lot of other kids that were my age at the time 
and they were just like the community parents and they were giving out wisdom left and right and I don't know it was really special I stumbled upon a really special oh yeah couple yeah that's awesome yeah and I don't know if we're gonna recount all my trips I think that we might that that's our plan with the this series of podcasts yeah. Um, but you'll realize that two more times I go back to work for her on two other separate years. Yeah. So we definitely did stay in touch over the years. Yeah, I definitely kept maintaining the, the relationship. Yes. And it seems like your your closest friends uh, and people that, that you care the most about outside of your family uh, are people that you've met on travels. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, um, I met Charlie traveling. Charlie in New Mexico. Charlie, if you're listening, uh, this, thanks for um, hosting us for how many days? Uh, like maybe five in all. Charlie's five also five. on this podcast yeah. about pleasure in a pandemic, about having sex and doing anal safely and all these things. So go listen to that episode with Charlie. And, um, and rivers in LA. Yep, rivers. We also saw on this trip. We also saw on this trip. I met in North Carolina. Rivers. Oh no no! I met rivers in DC when I was traveling. Yeah. At the protesting the Trump inauguration, and then we sat in front of a slaughter truck together, and that really bonded us. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, what? Went, went to uh, we got arrested together. Yes, we got arrested <laughs> together. Yeah. And we were I'm doing uh, civil disobedience. Yes have yeah. been best friends ever since there's also an episode with rivers of this podcast that we recorded after we drove across the country together nice so yeah you're right some of my favorite people are usually met through traveling yeah boom 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 baby another no, reason is. to travel yeah <laughs> um so yeah after all of that magicalness this is another spot where it's like I'm not quite sure in my mind. I kept going down the coast of California, but now I had cash. And you knew, yeah. So now you had you you had some reserves because you yes, you like hundreds for of dollars. Company. Yes. And you're like, okay, it's time for me to keep keep going. Time for me to keep going. You and know, you it's were, time to move on. And you were like, pretty far north. Yes. At this point, I mean, that's you're like still in Northern California. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're headed down what sounds like maybe the 101 um interstate 101 going down or highway 101 whatever yeah um going down the coast of uh, california yes okay going down the coast and what's so are you biking so this is why i can't remember okay after ferndale I think I did bike some more because I don't remember taking a bus. I don't remember anyone picking me up. Do you remember? Do you like? Is your trauma so severe from that bike accident that you like repress all memories of biking? I yeah. <laughs> I cannot remember a lot of yeah. unless someone took a picture of me doing it. Yeah. Or I took a picture of something that I saw along the way, or I have a weird random memory of like sitting down on the sidewalk in crescent city uh-huh. i honestly cannot remember a lot of it or unless it was really scary like biking on that interstate listening yeah. to will tuttle podcasts or i mean um meditations i just can't yeah it made me so nervous so 
what, so, what's I, the I, first I, thing you remember um, after oh, Ferndale? Because, I mean, it didn't seem like, I remember when we passed by Santa Cruz, it didn't seem like any memory sparked there. No, um, I visited Santa Cruz another year. Okay. After working for Yvette, actually, another year. Yeah. But it's weird. My memory goes out there because the next part that I really remember is meeting my friend Ben in San Francisco but I also couldn't remember if that was on this bike trip because I had multiple trips that were like no money trips in California I think I had three of them so some of those memory gets memories get weird and I had to ask him if we got together in San Francisco on my bike trip and he said it was okay so the last memory I have after Ferndale is San Francisco which is obviously a big chunk of area but I don't, I yeah. honestly cannot remember how I got there. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a decent size, but I mean, it's not like as big as like Montana to Oregon. No, no, it. yeah, exactly. Um, but it's a, it's a pretty, yeah, okay. I want to say that maybe a bike take, because I can't remember a different thing. That'd have to be a kind of scary thing to bike um, into San Francisco. Well, I imagine maybe they have, I don't know, I mean, maybe they have some type of bike system that would be a little bit safer. Just oh like yeah, so, so densely populated. San Francisco has like actual bike paths on the road, where as hike or biking on the interstate is terrifying. Biking on back roads where people didn't like bikers yeah. was a bit terrifying because people would almost hit you. They yeah, blare they their horn at you. Yeah. I mean, I do remember. Yeah, a lot of the bikes, parts about biking I remember were parts that scared me because I do remember being on back roads. I'm like, oh, this won't be bad, and someone almost hitting me with their car, and then, even though I was on the side, minding my own business, slamming their horn on and yelling at me, and I told other bikers this, and they're like, yeah, we've experienced the same things in some parts of the U.S. So, you're, um, you're in San Francisco. In San Francisco. Now, a question I I guess I have, uh, this would be an interesting part, like, how long, how long did you stay in San Francisco? Um, well, we stayed, I remember we stayed a little bit above San Francisco for a couple days with my mom's friend from high school. Above San Francisco? Yeah. It's like... Maybe near Napa Valley, I want to say. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, we stayed there for, I think, two days total. Just because we needed a place to meet and stay. And then we went into San Francisco. I think that we were at least in San Francisco, the actual city, for a couple days. And then I remember we biked over the bridge, um, or or it might just be one day because I don't remember staying the night there. (gasps) Yes, we did, we did. We couch surfed with my friend Ish. Oh, nice. um, Who was vegan, actually. So you, so that's, that was kind of my curiosity was, um, was, I mean, it's such an expensive yeah. Uh, place. So you couch surfed. We couch surfed with this person Ish, who I met on couch surfing, who so had a one room apartment. Yeah. Like that was his whole house was one room. Do you think that this is completely random? And just thinking about how expensive it is, like to to live in San Francisco. I mean, the price of of a of a, of a room. Yeah. Anywhere in San Francisco is like absolutely absurd. It's probably more than I'm, I'm making a month. Do you think that like people like just try to 
big houses or for a living, like, um, to, to try to, like, not have to pay for the outrageous. I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, I've met people like, who have couch surfed for months and months on end. Yeah. I mean, if you're in a city like that, I, when I've been in Berkeley, there's been a lot of people who were houseless by choice uh-huh. that told me that they would just couch surf because they couldn't afford to live there. Yeah. I mean, so I think yes, I would think so. so high. I, that was my biggest thing is like, how in the world are you staying in San Francisco, like, spending very little money? Oh and, yeah. You know that's a, that's an impressive, it's an impressive thing to do. I feel like. Well, we were only there for a couple days, and we did rent bikes, which I know cost something, but that was really our only expense. I think. Okay because we did buy snacks and food but we couch surfed at Ish's house okay but by this point I had some cash yeah I remember we ate at a vegan burger place and we the we would walk around which didn't cost money yeah so the expenses were pretty low cool. for those nice. couple days yeah and I also think that um just like my lifestyle that you know I'm not like much of a city person so whenever I hear like like going to some of these cities that are so outrageously expensive and hearing people that that are able to navigate them so easily um, it's really intriguing to me i guess yeah well that'll be good if we keep talking you know about my travels and the trip specifically because like i said i went to berkeley multiple times san francisco multiple times starting with no money or having a little bit of money that I made or whatever yeah and was able to navigate it yeah I think I think this is probably an important thing too with the traveling is um is it I feel like it all boils down to, to the right attitude um and and it's interesting because like my attitude and I think my day-to-day life like how I live my life like you know trying to to grow most of the stuff that I consume or build whatever out of like natural materials and stuff like mm-hmm. I feel like that attitude of um of not depending so much on uh like oh this is what I need so I need this cash to have this to buy this and I like and like relating things to money yeah you know and like that that like as if cash economy is the only way to get by like that kind of conditioning Mm-hmm. And as a part, as opposed to like, oh, this is like I need this, and then like looking around and making do with what I have. Yeah. And like, and you enter like this attitude of like, I guess like creativity. You know what I mean, where mm-hmm. creativity is the drive that's going to give you to get you what you need. You know, um, I feel like that's something that I've noticed you really have. Like even hearing these stories. Um, it's something that I feel like people need to need to learn, not just in their everyday life to kind of get out of like this like cash economy system. I know I'm not like going to go too far into that because that'd be a whole other right episode. Subject. But um, but also just like to travel on the cheap, you have to like have the right attitude. I feel like, or you have to be willing to try new things and not yeah. be comfortable all the time. Yes, and and you have to come from a place of like being creative um which i i think you do so well like hearing about your you know like how you got that swimming pool (laughs) yeah um you know like how how like many free meals you got and like the variety of ways that 
you got them. Or maybe not necessarily free, like you, you swept the floor or did something that... Swept the parking lot. Yeah, someone didn't didn't want to do, and they're like, I'm willing to give someone a sandwich for this. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I think it, I think that that's worth putting into the podcast, I guess, just, um, just having the right, the right attitude. Yeah, and comfort is expensive. I mean, yeah. every, we know that with, with everyday life, housing, all of these things, it doesn't always have to be, like, obviously, you've proved that with building a cob house that's comfortable and more sustainable and all of these things, but when you're traveling, usually to be uber comfortable and sometimes uber safe, it's expensive, so, budget travel is not for everyone but it is for those people who are willing to try couch surfing and and if you really honestly a lot of people when I tell them that I did some of these trips starting with no money not saying I started with no privileges no backup systems just in case or anything like that but saying that I literally made it from here to there with x amount of dollars in my pocket and sometimes it would be zero you have to be Craigslist rideshare, free. Couch surfing, free. Like, be doing really weird things. You know, people would just be like, you can't do that, yeah. or you didn't do that. And it's like, no, I, I really did. And that's like but the difference. But all the stuff went into it. Yeah. That's the difference between, like, traveling and just being a tourist. Yes, you know? yeah. And you're going to see, like, you're going to see some weird stuff. Some of that weird stuff is awesome. Some of it's just, like, weird. Yeah. But also, I mean, you're just, like, you're going to really, like, see the world. Like, you're going to... Oh, yeah. you're not looking at some, like, watered-down version of of something. Or, or, you know, like... Or you're not not going on a cruise where they take you to the Dominican Republic. And and there's, like, you know, people with guns, like, surrounding the resort to make sure that locals can't get in. You know, like... um, it's completely different. Yeah, it's like you're you're actually in it and you're experiencing it, which is really cool. But I like hearing because um, I feel like it's so far out of my element. Some of the things, some of the things that you're talking about, because I'm like such like a, in in the foresty kind of person, yeah. You know, and and you're talking about like being in these cities and being and like staying overnight in them and not like. Spending anything. Money, and I'm like, how does, how do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty interesting, like just how, like all the creative aspects, and I feel like it, it um, it's good to hear mm-hmm. because for anyone that's going to be doing this, it's not likely that they're going to do every single thing that you do. But mm-hmm. it's just like, it's just a good, like thing to like get to kind of put you in the headspace. Yeah. To learn how to be creative and learn like what works for you and what options you have to explore totally as ideas give them a try because it seems like even that person that you started with what was his name again Um, which person the bike that bike the inspired you to um to like bike around oh rob greenfield rob greenfield like even it seems like you tried a lot of his stuff yes and some of them like you're you're still doing to this day. Yeah. And then from years and years others, ago. Others like just didn't necessarily work for you. And then there's all these other things in between. That's where like most of it is. Mm-hmm. Like the in between parts that like really work for you, where you're just like kind of using. You're on the same like brain level, I guess. Like that, yeah. that creative level as he is. 
but you're you just get like, into a flow yeah you're just doing it differently like you just found out like what things work for you and now you can like it seems like like you really navigate with, with such ease through um through places and you know so much and me like i'm um to get the contrast you know like because i'm like i feel like i'm really good at that yeah like in the woods or something um but Mm -hmm. uh you know like i'm trying to like really budget and and stuff and i brought you know our our journal yeah um where where we're keeping a log of of everything we spend and um and i think i'm like i think i'm doing really really good and um and then I kind of, like, look at how much I spend. Like, we look at how much we both spend. And, like, you know, I always end up, like, well, how, like, it's, how do I end up spending this much? You know? Mm-hmm. And it's typically on, like, things that I did for myself. Yeah. And that I feel like you were just able to to, to find more creative ways of, of almost getting the same thing sometimes yeah and the thing is is that these little things that we spend money on i've realized really do add up oh totally because for example on this trip while i was in portland i didn't have toothpaste and i don't think i had worked for a while and when i was staying at my friend kira's house this was before i worked for her dad in his office and i was running out of toothpaste and i was like oh gosh and if I, you know, bought that every time I needed it on the trip, it could end up being over 20 bucks, which at that time was a lot. You know, these little things really do add up. And I remember, I swear to you, this is so weird, but I was dumpster diving for fun because, I, did, you know, I had stuff at her house that I could eat in the pantry. Yeah. But I was just like, at this point, I wonder what the dumpsters look like here because I had seen so many dumpsters. <laughs> and I swear to you, in a bag outside of a dumpster was a bag of pasta an apple and the toothpaste of the vegan brand of this toothpaste that i really like and it was a new tube i swear to you (laughs) it was an unopened tube of toothpaste of the brand of toothpaste that i wanted which is some straight up travel magic i literally found it by the dumpster before i was about to get in this dumpster and then I had toothpaste. But, like, also things like I, I wanted a different bag on that trip um, because I felt like I was running out of space in my bags. And I found some, one must have dropped out of their car or they threw it out, the bags that you put the foldable chairs in. And it slung over my back perfectly. It had, like, the long strap. So I would put my stuff in that for the rest of the trip. Like, I used that as a bag where someone else might have went and spent $100 on a bag that they wanted. Or even 20 you know so sometimes there's just random things that yeah people might pay for showers I remember getting into streams and using those as showers people might pay to wash their clothes I would also use streams to wash my clothes people would stay for housing like pay for a place to stay overnight or rent a house I would sleep in my tent in a park so yeah there's like you can keep breaking down how cheap do you want to go yeah and I feel like the more creative they are the the, the longer you can go on an even smaller budget. Yeah, and the more fulfilling it is, too. I mean, like... I yeah, at different times in your life. Like, yeah. if you can do that, if cool. you can handle that, and if you have access yeah. to that. I mean, for whatever reason, like, I, I feel like... I don't know. I feel like if you make... If 
make some epic sandwich with, with something that, with things that maybe you got from a dumpster, you know, and, it, and it's like clean and it's delicious and, um, and like it's maybe even, you know, good for you, um, healthy, like, I feel like for me, like that's, that's a pretty fulfilling thing, like it's like much, I've, I'd rather do that almost yeah. than, um, than, than pay for, than pay for something. Um, where it's like there's no creativity it's just kind of like the standard of how yeah. we do it and maybe it, it, you know all these things like you know, all the free packaging um, that we're we're having to participate in and, and yeah it almost feels better too I mean just from like a, a conservation standpoint where like you're just taking things from the trash and, yeah uh, and like preventing it from going into a landfill as opposed to like adding more things to a landfill Definitely. So, I mean, there's so many different different ways to look at it, but yeah, creativity is key, I think. And I also think that obviously we're talking about in the U.S. There's situations where yeah. people are living in landfills and eating trash all the time. Obviously, that's not more special than having like a clean meal, you know. No. And but, what I'm talking about is like it's what we're talking about is voluntary. Yeah, I this is all voluntary. That's, that's, that's a the, big key. It's a huge difference between doing this voluntary and in a society that's extremely wasteful um, that probably throws enough away to, to feed the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, you know, literally. Then, then like talking about like involuntary poverty, like, like just like scrounging for food. Like, yeah. Obviously. That's like, I just felt like we should make a note yeah. because that's a big yeah. that's a big difference. It's a huge difference. I think anyone that, that wants to try to pick that apart and um, and act as if there's like that's you know that's what we're insinuating at. Um, Definitely not. No. no. Difference between voluntary and involuntary. Totally. And all of this is voluntary in this story. Yes. Um, yeah. Which is and it's it's not a story that's like I pulled myself up from my bootstraps no. or poor me I didn't have anything it was like no I was traveling yeah I got lots of help yeah I got lots I, of help <laughs> but I did work pretty hard to work pretty hard physically power myself like, around sometimes yeah. tried new things got creative yeah yeah used used some creativity but it was like, all voluntary yeah I like got the end of the day like you didn't have to do anything yeah exactly. Then what would you be doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was a good. That was a very good to include, I think. Yeah. So what were we talking about? San Francisco. San Francisco. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. I just want to mention one more thing about this because we're about to hop over to another state, which is the last state. This was also another creative thing. So when my friend Ben came, you know, we stayed at my aunt's or not my aunt, my mom's friend's house. We stayed in San Francisco with Ish who we met through couch surfing and then I can't remember if we wanted to go north again or south because I can't remember the name of the town I think we just couldn't find another place to stay in San Francisco to stay longer and I got a random message on Facebook from someone named Brad who I'm still have on Facebook who I'm friends with who I haven't seen since this happened but who said hey you need a place to stay or something like that and I was like yeah my friend and I are in San Francisco I don't think we can stay here longer and he's like well I live outside of San Francisco you can stay at my place 
and I never thought to ask how did you find me or who are you and which I don't know why I didn't wonder that till later and my friend Ben's like well how'd you meet this person I'm like I don't know they messaged me on Facebook like I thought maybe I'd posted because this whole time I was also posting statuses on Facebook with people I knew yeah. like in real life like hey do you have any friends in California I can stay with I'm going to this city do you know anyone I could stay with? And multiple times on the trip, I'd found somewhere to stay, like a friend of a friend. Um, so I just thought, I guess subconsciously, maybe he had found me that way. Yeah. But then later, I was like, I didn't post a status about this place, did I? And I realized later, I had written on my Tinder bio and then forgotten about it that we were looking for a place to stay in San Francisco. Yeah. And I must have not swiped on him, so our profiles never matched up, but he saw my name and he found me on Facebook. And offered okay. And offered me a place to stay. He was actually really sweet. Nice. And not creepy. And... That's good. We somehow got to his house, but we got there late at night, and he left a key for us to let ourselves in. He was, like, probably in his 30s at the time. Um, yeah. Or maybe not 30s. Like, older 20s. Um, so we let ourselves in at night. We, My friend Ben and I, and Ben's my best friend from high school, um, fell asleep on the couch. And in the morning when we woke up, we were inside his house, but we had never seen him yet. And we could hear him upstairs. And I remember being under the blanket, and we were sleeping on opposite sides of the couch, and I'd kick Ben, and I'd be like, you wake up and say hi. Like, introduce us. And he'd kick me, he'd be like, no, you do it. <laughs> like, we were, and then he would come downstairs, and we'd pretend like we are asleep. Yeah. Because no one wanted to do it, because it was so awkward. That's funny. Um, and I think that continued on for a little bit, until eventually I, like, woke, pretend to wake up. And, you know, introduce ourselves, and then we meet our host for the first time in the morning. Um, but he was so chill, and I think he had two other roommates at the time who were there also, and, um, we hung out, we ate food, he took us to this swimming place with his ex-girlfriend, I remember, and we all went swimming, and he brought his best friend along, and his best friend was so fun, uh, his name was Alex, and eventually we went and spent the night at Alex's tiny house before we departed from them he had a tiny house I remember I had a loft upstairs and a hammock swing at the bottom and we all sat in the backyard had a fire and watched the stars awesome. which was really fun and then we I feel like oh they had a projector inside for movies and we had a movie night and he made a really good vegan meal for everyone and that was the first tiny house I had stayed in I forget what it, I wish I could remember the town name and what it was made out of, but I can't. Um, but he was an artist and he was really fun, so it was just a really weird, random, but special time, like special memories. Um, and I got to do all of it with my friend Ben, and that makes everything way more special. But it was just so weird because Ben's like, and how'd you meet this person? And I'm like, I don't know, just messaged me and I kind of put the pieces together later. But it was a really good experience. Yeah. Um, so we did that and then we're on to our last state because while all this was happening I had all, all, all that money saved up from Ferndale and someone that I briefly dated in high school had a best friend who moved to Hawaii that had also dated my friend and 
he had gone vegan and was starting to do yoga because before I left on this trip I started a yoga group and would teach yoga online and so we were talking and he was like if you want to come to Hawaii you can come to Hawaii and stay with me and so I saved up I had that money that I had saved up and I bought a ticket and flew to Hawaii and then I found myself in Honolulu and everyone always goes how'd you bike to Hawaii <laughs> and I'm like again yeah like, I didn't you're like lugging your bike around the whole time oh yeah this whole trip I'm lugging my bike around but then to Hawaii said, yeah. I sent it back home okay I sent it back to North Carolina yeah, at this point, I was like, I can't take my bike with yeah. me on a plane. Okay. I had gotten yelled at so many times for taking a bike on the Greyhound. I was like, I'm not going to try it now. So you land in Hawaii. I land in Hawaii, um, and Josh was there, and I stayed with him for maybe almost a month. And we did some adventures when he wasn't working, and I went to the beach by myself, and I almost drowned. So that was fun. I don't know if I told anyone, and if they're listening to this, this might be the first time they hear about that, but for some reason I drove myself to the beach and got in the water with no one watching and a huge wave almost drowned me. So those were probably my two closest experiences to death, and they both happened on that trip. The bike crash and almost drowning in Hawaii. Um, so that was fun. And... Yeah, we did some hikes. I remember I worked for his roommate, um, or for his, yeah, for one of his roommates at a market. She made jewelry, and she was friends with someone who had walked across the United States, actually. So I remember talking to her at the market about traveling and budget traveling and their story of walking across the United States. But I also made some money in Hawaii because I worked at the farmer's market there, helping her sell her jewelry and other creations. Um... So yeah, I just got to know that group of people, like I, I went to a yoga class. Well, actually, I meant to meet one of his roommates at a yoga class, and Josh had dropped me off where we thought the yoga class was, and the roommate never showed up, and I thought, that's weird, and it's because I went to the wrong place. And I did a yoga, like a partner yoga class with some random person that I just met because I had gone to the wrong place. Um, so just really random things like that happened. Um, and did you get to like, did you, do you feel like you explored Hawaii as much as you wanted to? Or I to feel like, I don't think I explored as much as I wanted to because the situation was weird because Josh was working at night um, at the airport and then he didn't have a car. Then he got a rental car that we were going to use and I was going to be able to take and explore on my own and then it got smashed one night like on the side of the road and like another car hit it so <laughs> I didn't really have a way to get around the closest be beach that I could walk to was a couple miles away and I would run to it but it was like a really small kind of dirty area okay. it wasn't like a beach it beach it wasn't like what you how you picture like yeah beach it wasn't like the Hawaii. beach that I almost drowned at that okay. was really cool that you could drive to okay um so, yeah, the timing was weird, and if I wanted to try to hang out with him, then, you know, I had to be up at different hours, but then I could hang out with his roommates. Yeah. So, the timing was kind of weird, so a lot of it was just bumping around from person to person and hanging out with different roommates. Yeah. Honestly. But you didn't get to, like, 
I didn't explore a ton. We did go on a really epic hike and did spend some time at the beach paddle boarding, but it wasn't like the rest of my trip where I was just off on a whim. Yeah. What would you say, like, your favorite things about Hawaii? Um, well, I met one of the, one of his roommates was, like, a native, and, um, I don't know, I think I really liked hearing stories about her family, and then I, she was the one that I worked the market with, yeah. and hearing about her relationship with the ocean, um. Could you, would, do you think it'd just be too difficult to, to, uh, paraphrase, or, or maybe not something that you want? Well, I do remember one story, and I can't remember exactly how she told me, but she did make jewelry, and I think that her family members, if I remember correctly, had done this too, but she would, like, go diving in the ocean to find pieces, like, um, seashells and pieces for her jewelry and for her art. And I just remember her, I can't, I can't repeat it, but I remember her describing that to me and, like, her relationship with the ocean was different than I've heard a lot of other people yeah. um, so I don't remember how she said it exactly but it was beautiful how she was talking about diving and I think she had done it with her uncle maybe um, but another one of my favorite actually one of my favorite things about Hawaii was was the ocean and I remember they did take me to this spot was that was actually in some residential neighborhood but they're like you have to do this all the locals do it and you you drive through the neighborhood and you park and then you walk I feel like it was almost close to someone's yard and there's this cliff and the ocean smacks up against it but you jump off the cliff into the water oh, and then it, awful. yeah it was really scary <laughs> yeah it was so beautiful that was such a beautiful spot we went like before the sun was setting and the ocean was like you didn't expect it because you went through this neighborhood and the ocean was huge out in front of you and people were sitting on the, the rocks and such and I just had been wanting to get out like further into the ocean but I am a weenie when it comes to that so this was a way to get out further into the ocean without having to swim out there and I remember I jumped off the rock and it was really hard to get back on because the water's smacking up and people I do remember people coming out like with cuts and stuff and I did panic at one moment because I couldn't get up, but they were all like cheering me on, you know? They're like, you gotta do this! And they were cheering me on and trying to tell me when to get back on the rock. Um, so that was a really good memory, actually. That sounds intense. Just, it was intense. Just thinking, because, you know, like, seeing some some pretty gnarly coastlines on the west coast. And yeah. Thinking, like, just how... that we saw actually I did think of that multiple times like this specific memory because the coastlines the ragged coastlines that we saw reminded me of this yeah. wild spot yeah just like so unforgiving yeah pictures of this spot and I have yeah. pictures of me jumping into the water so I'll have to post those with this because one of the roommates that I went with took pictures of me jumping in um so I'll definitely share those with this podcast yeah, episode I'd love to see those too actually I haven't seen those yet yeah I'll show you those so that was 
yeah, I think my favorite thing about Hawaii was the ocean and things being more like ocean focused. Um, and on a later trip, I did go back to Hawaii and got to see a little bit more, but at the end of my month there, I thought that I was going to work for a vegan tour, like activism company, I guess, where you go around on the tour bus. And I was in one of the final rounds of the interview for that, and they were going to fly me from Hawaii to whatever coast I got. Yeah. And um, they had selected one person, and that person got to select the next person. It was between me and someone else. So I thought that was my ticket home, and they selected the other person, and I didn't get the job. But I was really ready to go home at that point. It had just been, you know, like six months since I had yeah. left. And (laughs) some big challenges and it's exhausting too. It's not like it's not like you're on. It's not a vacation. Like it's you are working, and especially if you don't if you're not doing it with any like any money to start. Like where you're just kind of like making money as you go. Yeah. And and just trying to really not even you talk about to use money that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, 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 I think I was exhausted at that point, and I must have, I mean, you know this about me, that when I finally rest sometimes, it all hits me, and I was the most stationary I had been for that month there, and it was catching up with me, and I got really homesick, and my depression, I, I was, I honestly did have to, I mean, I had depression since high school, and I still deal with it, but... I remember that month, um, I think because of the irregular sleep schedule and just slowing down all of a sudden, it really hit me, and I did get really depressed at the end, and I was ready to go home. Um, I was still so glad I went, and it was so nice of, like, Josh to let me stay with him, and all the roommates for taking me in and taking me to all these things, and including me, um, and you know there were ups and downs the whole trip but there, there's so much to talk yeah, about that we can't fit into the podcast so i mean you know you have your awkward moments and your weird moments and your upset moments and people are mad at you moments and you did something wrong moments so i think it it just did hit me and at that point i was so homesick i think my mom finally broke down a little bit more on her like i'm not helping you thing because you told me not to yeah and she knew i was ready to come home i crossed the country gone to hawaii and she offered to get me a plane to get home. And I took it. And we didn't tell my dad that I was coming home early. She picked me up at the airport. Before we got home in the neighborhood, she put me in the back. I got out and got in the back of the car under a blanket. Yeah. <laughs> and my dad didn't know I was supposed oh, to be back. Good. And she told him to get something out of the back of the car. And I came out from under the blanket. I have a picture of that too, actually. Yes, I love it. Yeah, and I was what, back what was home. What Well, I've when I was a kid, I feel like I physically tried to scare him. I remember physically jumping out from behind things when he'd come out of the bathroom to scare him. And I think I more scared him that way. And then he realized it was me, and then he was laughing and smiling, and my mom has a picture of us hugging. Oh, that's so that was kind of the close to that chapter in that whole entire trip. Wow. Which was also weird, and the whole trip was yeah. weird, so that was perfect. 
Yeah. That's an amazing trip. I yeah. Six months of of travel time with doing I, I mean just starting with so little um, and, the, and the cost of, of everything to buy I mean that's that's incredible yeah and it, it seems like the amount that you, you learn along the way I mean just it's like a fast track to <laughs> to um, to learn I mean, just like yeah across all these different types of people mm-hmm yeah it's pretty incredible it was it was so wild and the more we talk about it the more I really do want to write a book on it because it it was such a story and um it really does make me think of the the book and the movie wild yeah because you know that was that woman's experience hiking the AT yeah and coming through all of these things and overcoming things and it did really feel like my version of that that felt and feels very ordinary to me, but then when I, I tell it more, I realize it's not the most ordinary thing. No. And I think, I mean, it, it definitely shaped you, you know, to, and, uh, to such a pretty high degree of who you are today. You know? Yeah. Um, and you can, and it's just so funny, like, like traveling with you now and just seeing, like, all of these parallels. <laughs> You of know, me trying to get things for yeah, free. Like, just like the, the things like, wait, what do you want to try to do? You're, what are we doing right now? Yeah. You know? And um, it's, it's just really, it's, it's interesting, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it all clicks, I feel like. Um, yeah, I think you could have a series of books on your travels. And then, like, maybe like a third book and people be like, yeah, all of this makes sense. Like, yeah, it wouldn't be surprising anymore. Um, If I wouldn't have traveled, I literally wouldn't have met you. Maybe in some other way later, but... Yeah, so random and weird, especially, you know, because I was, like, this, like, hermit on the mountain with no social media. Yeah. um, Living in a a mud hut, like, (laughs) off-grid. Yeah. Uh, So it's it's really, it's really fascinating how how all of it, how all of it came together. Mm Mm-hmm. Um... 
shut it. <laughs> well, remember that podcast that we mentioned that Sam did, the one that you listened to about couch surfing? Yeah. About his couch surfing and ways to stay safe. His He started that travel that he did by walking out his door, his front door and hitchhiking. Yeah. So, sometimes it's like really just start where you are if you can. Yeah. I think anyone that's interested in travel another good place to start is if like you're not ready like maybe you have like some things you need to wrap up responsibilities maybe that you need to to figure out how to you know navigate around and stuff um start out by hearing other people's stories yeah like listening to someone's travel story on a podcast on your way to work you know like i think that's a, a great way just to hear like how all these other people are are doing it and and that it's not about it's not about money and often times like what we think is is getting in the way of of, um i feel like that is preventing us from traveling Mm -hmm. like you know aren't the aren't the right things like our focus is in the right place yeah you know i think that we we often put too much too much um emphasis on on currency uh, especially when it comes to, to traveling and a number of other things too yeah um, you know like I meant like, when we were in, the, in this trip I stopped um, and and met a friend in Southern California um, who was talking about you know wanting to travel and stuff and, and wanting to get a camper you know was but like couldn't essentially like couldn't travel until they had a camper um and they're like able-bodied super athletic like very i mean like fit young people young person and it's just it's like why do you think you need a camper (laughs) yeah and and to think like how expensive a lot of that would be and not only that but it's like it's like you know you're gonna have to like find campgrounds to park that camper like like when we were at mammoth lakes you know Mm -hmm. um we were in a van like we went to mammoth lakes during the day and there's hot springs all around like you just hike that you can hike to but they were all full and it's like during covid so you're obviously not gonna hit the hot spring with somebody else like some people were but like we weren't gonna take that risk so like if you we're in a camper it's not like you're gonna park your camper there in that little tiny dirt road parking lot there's no way it's not gonna happen so mm-hmm. like you're probably just gonna have to forget it and then pay for a really expensive campsite somewhere in Mammoth Lakes but like we literally just like got in our van mm-hmm. you know like hung out like t- took a rest because we had a long, pretty long drive that day yeah and waited for waited for it to open up yeah like sun went down it got dark people left and like we have hopped in you know and if you were doing if we would have traveled like i did back in the day which we wouldn't be right now because of covid but let's say we did and we didn't wait until we had a camper and we just had our backpacks we literally could have set up our tent right next to it and just waited till no one was there sometimes you can do more with a lot of the time you can do more with less when when you're carrying less when it comes to traveling yeah you don't have to like lug as much around you know like like you don't have to like oh i gotta like haul all 
if you have a disability. Or if you have a disability or, or all those things. Like, yeah, there's going to be a number of, you know, just more comforts. That, that or if you have children. Or if you have children. Granted, we did come across that, that one person in Sedona. Oh, yeah. Who had three kids. In a van. In, like, a sprinter van. Doing it. That were from Florida and Sedona, Arizona. Like, they're straight up living in there. And it seemed like, I don't know how long they were on, they're, they're doing it. I, I, I don't know if it was like their entire, like that was just their life. But, I mean, they all looked really happy. Yeah, <laughs> like, and really healthy. And really healthy. Yeah, that was really a nice healthy, van. Really happy. I mean, it was a nice van. It was um, a big van. Yeah, it was like a big sprinter that you could like stand up and stuff in. But, um, I mean, I could totally see how that could work. Like having, you know... Um, like maybe a bunk bed style where mm-hmm. like you share a bed with your your partner you know and they might have a bed that's larger than ours i mean ours is like smaller than a twin size yeah but we sleep good in there mm-hmm. um and then like lower bunk you know two little ones share a bed and then maybe like a pull out uh what would you call that like a pull out crib yeah for, for like the little baby they had a baby yeah um, but I mean, they were doing it, you know, and, and they were hiking, and it seemed like they're definitely <laughs> driving around camping. Sorry for everyone just that had to hear me sneeze. <laughs> Sometimes you're recording an episode, and you're like, "How do I do this really quietly?" But you know, it's still recorded. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was a really good point, Tim, and I I feel like that's important to say, especially as we wrap, wrap up the podcast episode. I'd like to say two more things. One, you, on these trips, the magic is the journey of getting around. Oftentimes, it's not, I'm finally here. Yeah, like how I was so depressed in California because I thought everything would be different. You would think I would have learned from that whole trip that the, the best part of it is just getting there. But I hadn't even learned it at that point. So sometimes that's way harder to learn than it is than just saying it. And... Um, yeah, I just, I, I feel like that is important to know that you're going to learn so much that you don't even know you need to learn. I learned about so many topics that are just important to life on that trip. I learned about sexuality and gender and body hair and I mean, just so many things and different things about race and all of these things that I I didn't think I was going to learn. And the last thing, tip, that I want to give people is that if you are able to travel like this and it's something you can voluntarily do and you're wanting to, I mean, obviously things are weird with COVID right now, but like Tim said, the first step is just doing a little bit of research. You don't have to plan your trip because obviously my trip wasn't planned hardly at all. And I ended up, from what little plans I have, deviating off of those So the first step is just listening to other people just to get inspired, get some ideas, especially if you're budget traveling or alternative traveling. And the biggest thing is telling people what you want to do. Because if I would have kept to myself that I wanted to travel but didn't really know how to, like I didn't know how people did it on a budget, this person from episode one of this story, not of the whole podcast, but of this, this series, would have never said, oh, well, I heard that someone traveled across the country with no money just doing speaking engagements, and 
I would have never thought, oh, someone did it, so I can too. And maybe would have never done the whole trip. So a big part of it is just telling people what you want to do, even if you have no plan, and not being afraid of what they're going to say. Because in the end, if, if I took every piece of advice or negative thing that people told me before I left and during the trip about how I couldn't do what I was doing or how it was going to fail or how I couldn't do it because I didn't have the most expensive gear... I mean, I might not be sitting here with you because I wouldn't have done all these travels, you know? So, biggest tips, start looking for some inspiration, searching out people who are giving it to you, especially for free, like this one, like this episode. I mean, lots of good information and a story and telling people what you want to do. Is there anything else that you want to add, Tim, before we wrap this baby up? I mean, I can go on. Well, a whole, we probably will, we will go yeah. on more. And I think even like a whole podcast on like people what you want to do would be good. I mean, like the power of yeah. the station. Like you know, I mean, if you're if you're a, wanting to be an actor and, and you're a server and someone asks you what you do, like probably tell them that you're an actor. Yeah, like, yeah. Like I mean, that's all. That, like you know, and and maybe eventually you come across somebody like telling someone that like that can help you in that I mean yeah I think there's definitely power in in words and and making sure that you're very specific too yeah yeah, with what you want to do definitely because we meet random people who can help us or support us or we can help and support in the strangest of places totally so I just yeah yeah so thank you everyone for listening and please if you got anything out of these this series of episodes that we're doing on kind of reintroducing me and telling my story and what happens when you're bit by the travel bug and you just can't seem to shake it and you have to do it even though you don't really know how um share this episode with a friend if you think that they'd enjoy the story or that the tips and tricks would be really useful and share it to your social media rate the podcast it's something you can do for free that is really supportive and helpful to me in this show um but yeah thank you for listening for following along i know this was a long story but i think it was a good good one definitely yeah i'm, I'm, I'm actually still like interested in hearing even more because that's there, there seems to be so much more that I have yet to connect um, as far as your how you got to where I met you. Oh, there's yeah. a lot. So, so um, we could always keep recording tomorrow while we drive. We have six more hours tomorrow. We could do some other trips packed into one and keep the story going until up to date. Yeah. All right, everyone. Well, buckle up. Get ready for the next episode. Make the world a better place by leaving things better than I found it. You know, whether it be people or the planet or, you know, all kinds of things. Isn't there a quote that says, feel fear and do it anyways? Yeah. 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 So I think for us insignificance, we have to do it ourselves. A lot of people are doing things in their life that they're not 
completely happy with mm-hmm. and they're doing it just because you know it's a norm and they feel like they feel pressured by society Definitely. or they're just you know stuck in this rut mm-hmm. and you know ruts can be comfortable for people and they can be very comfortable comfort is not how you how you grow as a person <laughs>